Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory Garay, TJ Beater, and Kathy Garay. Each week, we talk about the connections between owners and their pets with an emphasis on topics that apply to greyhounds. If you want to hear more about your best friend, stay tuned. Now, here are your hosts. Wow, if that opening music doesn't rattle your cage, Viagra just might be the answer. Welcome, Kicks fans and Greyhound lovers, to Rock Your Roo Off here on Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Growing up, my mother's only out after a week of dealing with a child such as myself was to watch the Lawrence Swelk Show every Saturday evening. I, as well, was forced to watch it. And thank God that did not influence me in my choices of music. I just can't imagine driving down the freeway rocking. No, wait a minute. I would guess it would have been shadow tap dancing to Lawrence Swelk. Okay, I eventually grew up to become a huge Van Halen fan, but Halen fans today have nothing but waiting for someone on Howdy Doody Mountain to say something to the fans. They spend their times on VH Link arguing, Dave or Sammy. Kicks fans, I've been lurking and watching, and of course I am a fan. First, you gotta love that your band Kicks is active, and Kicks fans, God, you all rock. And one other thing, Kicks fans, be thankful Steve still has a great voice. Have you heard David Lee Roth recently? (laughs) Now, my normal co-host, Kathy, is not here today. She's off doing some other business. So I said to myself, who do I want to rock out with? And no other than my good friend, Marcy. And so it's my pleasure to introduce my co-host for the day, a talented photographer, Greyhound lover, and Kicks fan, Marcy Royce. Marcy, welcome to that co-host chair. Well, thank you, Rory. I really enjoyed and entertained this idea the other day when you approached me. Didn't know that I was going to be on at first, but I'm glad to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, Yes, Rory and I have known each other quite a few years. I don't want to say how many, but (laughs) I adopted my first Greyhound in 1998, so it wasn't soon... Uh, one too long after that, I should say. Not too long after that that we met. Um, so it's been many years, lots of long friendships along the way built. So here I am and helping you out today with Can't Stop the Rule or yeah. Rock Your Rule, whatever we're going to call yeah. it today. <laughs> we'll call it whatever we but call it. But I'm here to introduce the. Yep. <laughs> I'm here to introduce my friend, and that would be Mark Shanker. And he is on the line. He is the basis for Kicks. He's also heavily involved with Sundogs, his other band. Uh, so he has a lot to say today. He has a lot of questions to answer, actually, that we've seen come in. <laughs> so, Mark, well, thanks. <laughs> take it away. I'm here. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, uh, um, welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, um, I started thinking thinking about this show. I don't know if, you know, musicians, artists such as yourself, if you ever came to realize how important you are to the rest of us, um, how much we need out sometimes in our daily life to just get away from, you know, our jobs and everything else. And I I have so many people now that are asking me because I'm used to working from home and they're like, how do you do this? And I was like, you know, back when I did it a lot, I always had an out. I could go to a comedy club. I could go to a concert. I could go to a movie. Right. I could go out to dinner. We don't have that now. And I just want to say it is really 
realizing now how important people such as yourself and the band Kicks are to many of us in our daily lives. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, you guys are important to us as well because we, you know, we wouldn't have gigs if if people didn't come to the shows. So, um, but you know, I'm I'm feeling that too. There's uh, you know things that I like to get out and do that that uh, aren't related to music, uh, and uh, I can't. So you know, oftentimes uh, at night I'm a night photographer and an underwater photographer as well. And I can't go diving, and I can't go down to Shenandoah National Park to photograph a Milky Way. So I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm I'm stuck not being able to do those things um, that that I'm grateful for even more so now. It's like the simple act of going to a national park should be just get in your car, drive down there, and you pay your entrance fee, you get in, and you go do whatever you want. Um, and, uh, we just can't do that anymore. You can, you know, you can hardly go to the grocery store. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, and, you know, and I like to go to concerts too. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, a, uh, I think we were scheduled to play Mohegan Sun in, uh, Connecticut at, um, what was it, Marcy? First weekend in April, I think. Yeah. I, I forget what weekend it was, but the, whatever it was, uh, Brad Paisley was in the arena that same day. And we were all just like Brian, Ronnie, and I especially, and Jimmy, Steve not so much, um, <laughs> were really looking forward to, you know, playing our gig and then jumping over to the arena and uh, and seeing Brad Paisley, because I've never seen him, and I, I love him. And so it was like, so that gig got canceled. Well, it didn't get canceled, it got moved, but, um, and I'm sure the, you know, Brad's tour was the Live Nation tour, and they canceled their tours pretty early. So, um so yeah, I can't I can't get out and do those things too, and and uh, and you know we we miss seeing the fans, you know around around the East Coast area. We you know we have a lot of regulars, and then we have a lot of regulars that travel far and wide to see the band, you know. And we're you know we're used to seeing those people. And we you know we're one of our rituals is to show up at the airport and and you know grab some food before we get on the plane and and. Uh, uh, you know, I, for, I, I didn't realize how much I valued that, you know, interaction, you know, just getting some food with my buds before we go play a gig, you know? So exactly. those things are, are, are gone for now, you know, and they're, they're little things that you take, you take, well, I didn't, I can't say that I took them for granted. I realized that, that those things were important to me and because I knew I always looked forward to them, you know, driving to the airport and going, oh man, I'm going to get. You know, Jimmy and I are going to go get a sandwich, or we'll sit in the diner with Brian, or whatever. And um, you know, those things are are uh, I think about those a lot. You know, and I'm just bummed that they're not there right now. And and you know, the worst thing is 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 concerts may be the very last thing to return to normal. And um, you know, I'm hearing people say uh, next year, you know, next like this concert season might be a wipe. Um, uh, so we don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, that would be a that would be a darn shame. You know, you get, you get used to, to. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say yeah, it, w- it would be a darn shame because I even sports you're hearing that you know that while they're looking at plans, they just don't know what they're going to be able to do, and it's just like this year, 2020. I, I just got to say right now for the people out there listening, you know, whoever pissed off Miss 2020. Please apologize to her now. 
Yeah. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. But you, you mentioned you're you know, driving to the park. Um, I know for me, my playlist, um, I've got Halen, Kicks, DLR, Queensryche, Triumph, Trooper, Nazareth, Thin Lizzy, ACDC, Ted Nugent, Led Ze- Zeppelin, to name a few. What would be in your playlist? Dear Lord, I didn't know you had park? that kind of a list. <laughs> that's a huge list, Rory. That's some of that's news to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to talk to me more. Um, <laughs> well, we talk greyhounds mostly no. all the time, so that's why. <laughs> I listen to you know. I spend my time in the car. I had I had a um, um, my last job was uh, um, vice president of information technology at a federal credit union, and it was about an hour, hour and fifteen minute drive every morning. And about an hour home every night, and um, the uh, my I, I kind of stopped li- when I started in Sundogs, uh, which is my Rush tribute band. Uh, I listened to Rush all the time, and I would practice, you know, practicing it in the car and getting used to the arrangements because we were, we have a we play a pretty large catalog of Rush songs. So, um, so I listened listened to that almost exclusively, and then the rest of the time. Uh, I listen to podcasts because there's so there's so um, there's so so much uh, so much music out there that that sometimes I just like I don't I'm not interested in listening to music because music is what I do for a living you know I write songs and and one of the reasons I don't listen to music a lot in the car is because I'm afraid I'm going to steal something from somebody and I'm not going to remember where I, you know, like where I stole it from when I write yeah. a song and it'll be a rip off and I'll get in trouble. So I, you know, I don't want to be influenced that much by, um, by the stuff that I listen to, you know, and I pick up, I pick up some new stuff now and then there's a, a band out there called pretty reckless that writes pretty good songs. And, um, and I like them quite a bit. Um, and, uh, for, for my metal fix, my favorite metal band is Bullet for My Valentine. They're, and they're, they're not exactly new anymore, but, um, but they're, uh, uh, but they're up there for me. They're up there. They're, they're like the, the, the new modern Judas Priest, you know, good, heavy stuff, great singing. And, um, and then of course I like all those bands that you mentioned. You know, I have all that stuff on my 10,000 song iPad, iPod rather, or phone now. It used to be iPod, but, so I, I tend to listen to podcasts a lot. I'll listen to, uh, um, you know, anything that's science-related. I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to Eddie Trunk sometimes, but, uh, you know, Eddie has a lot of commercials. <laughs> so I don't really yeah. care for sitting through those. So I listen to Rogan a lot. I listen to, um, uh, I listen to uh, Russell Brand. I listen to uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, uh uh, John Dudley is a friend of mine. I listen to his podcast. Um, so I, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. I find that um, I, I really do. Uh, oh, and Bill Burr. I can't forget about Bill Burr. Um, I, I find that I, it's a way of educating myself about things and, and uh, uh, topics that I wouldn't necessarily seek out otherwise, you know. So it, I use it to sort of broaden my horizons a little bit and, and, and uh, enhance my thinking what little is left <laughs> <laughs> no that, that's some actually great points and i fully understand i'm myself in information technology during the daytime and when i'm evenings and weekends i just do not want to get near a computer because that's what i do for a living 
I want yeah, to do other things. Tell me and, about it. And I, and I have found myself also listening to various podcasts, and I, I think maybe I could c- encourage the listeners, while you, we don't have our concerts, we don't have our sports now, maybe start looking into some of these things, some subjects that you may not have thought of, and you'll find out you're, you know, you're in building up on your knowledge and you may find that there's something else out there that you didn't know about that you enjoy. So there's other things out there that you can do right now, like the podcast. Now you mentioned um, uh, Rush because Rush is also one of my favorite bands. And I, to this day, mm-hmm. I cannot forget the day I first heard YYZ. And I was just like, oh my God, that <laughs> oh, is yeah. an awesome song. And then I, I joined the, the Navy and I was a cryptologic technician collector where I had to go to school to learn Morse code. And I remember the day I went back to the barracks and I turned on YYZ and it hit me because I had now been learned Morse code that Neil Peart was tapping mm-hmm. out YYZ in Morse code. The story is, is they were flying uh, on a private jet back into Toronto and of course the... Uh, um, the airport code for Toronto is YYZ, as they say in, in, uh, in up north. And uh, uh, Alex supposedly heard the, the, uh, the beacon on the radio. And because uh, they, you know, sitting in a private plane, you can hear what goes on in the cockpit. And he, he mentioned to Ged, he was like, well, wouldn't that be a great uh, rhythm for a song, you know, and, and it's, it's our hometown. And so it sort of blossomed from them hearing that code on, on an airplane coming home. And so it, it became synonymous with, you know, being arriving back home and getting back to where they live and seeing their families and stuff. So, uh, but it was a pre- pretty good place to get a song idea from. You know, you just pull rhythms out of the air sometimes, you know. They come yeah. from weird places sometimes, I assure you. Yeah. Well, and I also got to say, people on um, Rush, um, Every, all three of them, very talented, smart men. Uh, yourself, very talented and smart. And I've always believed that the musicians such as yourself and Rush, the ones that have had a career, are actually not only talented, but they're intelligent people. Um, the boy bands, I don't think they had any talent or intelligence. They were just manipulated. But people such as yourself, um, Rush, there's talent and intelligence there. And that's why I think you guys have been able to survive and are still going because of those two aspects. Um, yeah, now, one I, of the things Mark, I think people forget... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll go ahead, go ahead and then I'll, I have a question from one of our listeners. Okay. Uh, one of the things I think people forget a lot is, um, you know, it's called the music business. And so, you know, a lot of people have the music part nailed right no problem but if they don't have anybody around them that that has business sense and um uh knows uh knows the not necessarily the ropes in music but you just gotta if you don't if you're not turning it into a business and and trying to uh make money at what you're doing then you're, you're kind of just a hobbyist really you know um which is great because there's lots of cover bands out there that go out and, you know, make great money doing cover bands. But those bands also have a business sense, the successful ones. I, I can think of one of my favorite uh, cover bands is around here. It's called the Amish Outlaws. And those guys play 10 days a week. I mean, they are 
working their asses off, and somebody in that band, and they're a great band, and somebody in that band has has a real keen sense of business, and people in our band have a real keen sense of business. You know, we we keep we steer the bicycle, we make sure that you know that that things that we're doing are going to end up uh, benefiting us in some way, either either more exposure to the fans, uh, but not for free. And, um, uh, you know, uh, meet and greets that, that uh, promoters try to pull on us that, that they charge for, and then we don't see any money from, we don't do those, and we don't really like charging for meet and greets anyways. But um, sometimes you get in those situations. But regardless, you've got to have... Um, uh, you got to have somebody steering the bicycle in, on the business side, and you have to you have to keep your eyes open all the time, or you're just going to get ripped off over and over again. And so you have to have a a good sense of of you know, when you're going into a new situation. And, and we have a, a great talent agent, uh, big time entertainment. Sullivan Big has been our talent agent since 2008, and um, he's another one that is part of the the cogs of kicks that has a great business sense and, and he protects us quite a bit from, uh, from, from, you know, wily promoters and, and sketchy looking festivals and things like that. And, uh, so we've been, we've been able to, to protect ourselves and keep ourselves going by having a good business sense. So, um, I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people miss out on these days. Right. Well, and that was a good lead-in to the first question from uh, Joanne, one of your fans. Um, Joanne is a high school teacher, and she's saying, besides encouraging kids to get their education, what do you advise young people seeking a music career to do? Well, for, you know, for, for I'm sure you've heard about Malcolm Gladwell's book um, that mentions 10,000 yeah. hours. So, first of all, you got to play a lot, and to get, um, uh, you know, you got to have your chops down in the woodshed in the bedroom before you can go out and actually get a gig or start your own band. Um, and you have to be, um, I believe that you have to play in as many bands as you can. Like if you if you can work it out where you're playing in, you know, two or three bands. And that band, the, that playing in those two or three bands fills up your calendar for the month. Even if you're doing a, you know, a lot of guys play in bands and then they do a solo acoustic show. Um, for example, my friend uh, Chris Lester plays in uh, uh, Dark Desert Eagles. He he's the uh, Joe Walsh guy, and he plays with uh, Pat Badger and Kevin Figueredo from Extreme in Dark Desert Eagles, and it's a fantastic Eagles tribute. So Chris is Faux Walsh, and um, he does that, and he he played in Sully Erna's uh, solo band from Godsmack, and he also does uh, uh, solo gigs around where he lives in in uh, in, in uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire area, and so he's one of those guys that that always finds um, two or three things to do. And another friend of mine, Tyson Leslie, he's a keyboard player in Vixen. Uh, you know, he's always got. Uh, you know, he's playing piano bars in Nashville. He's a fantastic keyboard player, bass player. He can do everything. He sings. He's a wonderful singer, and he's a great guy. And um, he he has that um, that dogged desire to figure out where to play. And he's always playing, and he's always making money. 
And so I think that, that if you really, if as an up-and-coming musician, as a kid, you know, get your chops together, maybe play more than one instrument that you're proficient at that you can go out and gig at. You know, if you're a guitar player, learn how to be a bass player. It's two less strings. It's a little bit more, I, I'm biased, of course, you know, being a guitar player and then becoming a bass player. Um, you know, there are a lot more things, you know, making a pocket and so, so on and so forth with a drummer that um, might not be inherent to guitar playing. But, but regardless, you know, learn a couple of instruments. Make sure you can sing backups. Make yourself valuable. And, um, and then you'll get... And also be... Don't, you know, this is the biggest thing that people don't realize. Don't be a jerk. Nobody wants to have a jerk in their band. You know, be on, be on time. Treat it like a job. It's, your, it's, it's not, you know, it's not the 80s. It's not party all the time. It's, uh, you know, be professional. Have equipment that works. Show up on time. And, uh, and don't be a jerk. You know, be nice to everybody. The, the, nobody wants a jerk in their band. The guys that get all the gigs are the nicest guys in the world. And um, that, that's a fact. So that's what I would say to, like I tell to a people, kid. That's a lot of things to that, write down, but... <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell people, Mar- that your job should be 25% fun. Exactly. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. I mean, you know, we have to, you know, in kicks, we have to show up on time for the airport, sit there for hours and hours and hours, sit on a plane for hours, you know, go to the hotel, wait all day for sound check, go to sound check for an hour. Then sometimes between sound check and showtime, it might be five or six hours. So you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And we play for an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes. Sometimes we do all that. And we only play a half hour at a, at a early slot on a festival gig. We get paid the same, but you know, you're, you're just getting warmed up on a half hour. So, um, you know, so you have to do all those things that are, that are, not necessarily fun, although I, I love to travel, so I, I, I'll get on a plane to go anywhere for any reason. Um, so I don't mind all that stuff, but um, uh, some of the guys in the band aren't fond about sitting around in airports all the time, and th- those are just the things that you got to do to make it happen, you know? And, um, yeah. and like Marcy said, people- it's mostly not fun, but the, to get all that not fun that you have to do to get to that hour and a half of real fun is worth it because there's no other fun like that hour and a half fun on the planet. You follow? So that's yes. the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, well be- before Marcy, Oh, go ahead, Marcy. Uh, I have a couple. First of all, I wanted to make the statement that some people think it's glamorous. You guys, you know, just, Oh yeah, they're flying, they're traveling. Oh yeah, they're at sound check, but there's a lot of hours of downtime sometimes, you know. <laughs> and I bought yeah, you guys have the then, downtime. Yeah, you're there for for a lot of it. I mean, you witness it for sure. And you know, and a lot of times you come back from, you know, we'll do weekends where we'll go, um, we'll fly out to Vegas, do a gig Friday night, and then fly to and do a gig at the Whiskey Saturday night or some other casino in California, and then fly back home Sunday. And Monday, you are, you are, you are wasted. I mean, you're, you know, we're all in pretty good shape. You know, we all take real good care of ourselves, which is why we're able to do this for so long. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons, but, you know, we all take care of ourselves and, and, you know, I'm in pretty darn good shape and I wake up Monday and I feel like I got run over by a truck, you know, and, 
it's just go, 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 and play, 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 and then get back on that plane and sit there for, you know, five, six-hour plane ride home, and then another hour drive home from the airport, and you lay on the couch, and it's like, holy crap, what just happened to me? <laughs> I, uh-huh. I totally understand. I, I do a lot of traveling because I'm a consultant. And one of the things I found that helped me in my travels is I actually drink a bottle of smart water on the flight. And that has seemed to help me same. a little bit. But I've, I do the same thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but I, I know getting home late Thursday night and I have to get up early and go to work Friday morning. And it's just like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. And, yeah, it, yeah there's, a lot of, there's a lot more than just getting up there on the stage there's to do what you love to do you've got to be willing to do the stuff that's not so enjoyable now we got about three minutes to the break marcy did you have a question another question hopefully mark can answer this quickly but um when you're doing a 30 minute set uh how do you stop when you're all warmed up and you're roaring and all of a sudden boom you're done well, it's hard. I mean, you were at the York Fair one. I think that was the, the, the last local show that we did that was a 30-minute set. And it's not um, – it's just uh, – it's, it's fun, but it's a, it's a bit of a disappointment because you don't get to uh, – you know, people – and here's the thing for the fans. You know, they want to hear certain songs, and we can't jam them all in a half hour. And that's – that's mostly what I think about on those short sets. I feel like it's a, it's a bummer for the real kick fans that wanted to see us do a longer set, and maybe we should, you know, we should have played a little bit later in the in the in the uh, in the uh, time slots. But that's just not how the politics of playing festivals work. And so it's a for us. It's like man, you know, the fans only got to see us do, you know, seven songs or whatever it is, and so. That's that's the worst thing for me is I feel like, you know, we, we went up there and just got started and the fans just started to get into it and then and then people didn't get to hear their favorite songs, you know. Uh right. you know, they got to hear some and of their favorite songs. But favorites you gotta leave and... some of the stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, really I hard think, when you have yeah, it's a bummer. people with different favorites. Right. You know well, what know, though, Marcy, if we you... get paid the same? Not that much of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcy, I know Marcy, hey, I know you have goodness. some more questions from fans, but at this time, the pups need to go out for a quick break. So we'll be right back after these messages with more questions for Mark about kicks. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. 
Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. GPA, that's Greyhound Pets of America. If you would like information on how you can adopt an ex-racing Greyhound, call 800-366-1472. These dogs are fit, healthy, happy, playful pets, good with children, and oh, do they love lots of hugs. Adopt a cool Greyhound today. Call 800-366-1472. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory, TJ, and Kathy. To find out more about the show and what we do, please send an email to gmgp3 at yahoo.com. That's gmgp3 at yahoo.com. Now, back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Welcome back to the show. A little personal story about that song, Can't Stop the Show. 
I, several months ago, wanted to download it and thought I was downloading the recorded version. Did not realize I had downloaded the live version. And I'm listening to it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. And I got to just say, for Kicks, and I've listened to also now a lot of your live songs, you guys play great live. And that's a tribute to a band that can do not only the recorded stuff, but play their music great. And with that said, I'm going to kick it now on over to Marcy, because I know she has some more questions from not only herself, but the Kicks fans. Well, here's something, Rory, about what you were just discussing and the playing live and everything. Now, these guys have been visiting Dewey Beach for the last couple of years, it seems like every July. And as you and I know from the Greyhound world, we go there every October for our gathering. And wouldn't it be great if we could get it to all coincide? <laughs> that that, that would play be. play down there in October. <laughs> At the bottle and cork. Yep, I don't think the bottle hey, and cork. Hey, it, is it might happen this year. year with all the cancellations. <laughs> hey, there you it's go. Insane, insane. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to keep up with all the calendar changes on our end from the merchandise standpoint. We keep, you know, okay, we got to update this. Okay, who's going to sell here? Who's going to sell there? Most of the people listening already know that I handle the merch along with us. Uh, couple other team members and that would be hey norma hey jerry hey mark <laughs> i know they're listening so yeah hey, hey guys team. <laughs> so but back to some questions here now i've read through some of these and i like this one from jeff mcfarland and i'm going to springboard off of it so jeff asks where are some of their favorite cities and venues to play and that is also my question jeff so Great minds must be thinking alike. Your mind's probably greater than mine. But um, I know there's some favorite venues. Do you have some that are U.S. and abroad? Or what can you tell us, Mark, about that? Well, there's, there's a, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of venues that, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's, you know, <clears throat> venues that were around in the, late 80s early 90s that sort of changed names and and uh reopened and um uh some of my favorites are uh i always love playing festivals and one of the one of, I, I let me break it up into two categories because festivals are very different from venues so um one of my favorite festivals is moon dance jam and um uh in walker minnesota and that that is just a fantastic festival. Um, that's been going for twenty some years. Um, Summerfest in Wisconsin has been going for almost thirty years. Um, we've played there twice, I think, and we're due to play there this year. Fingers crossed. Um, Rocklahoma, we played one of the early Rocklahomas in two thousand eight. We've played there a couple times since. That, that's always good. They treat us real well there. Um, big big festival. Um, uh, what's, there's one in Hinkley, Minnesota also that, that is good. I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head. Um, gosh, I can't remember, but that's a great, sorry about that. Apologies to the Hinkley, (laughs) apologies to the Hinkley people, but that is a, that is one of our favorite places to play. I feel stupid not remembering that one. Um, and, uh, uh, and of course, 
uh, M3 Festival here in, in Maryland is uh, is one of our favorites. We we usually headline Friday night, and they treat us really good there, and they've invited us back for, what, Marcy, 10 years now or something like that? I, I'm not even sure, but but I think we played 11, the inaugural one, 12. and we, we may have skipped one. And then there's a couple... Uh, no, you didn't skip one. Um, you moved to Saturday. Oh, that's what it was, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we and then they uh, moved you back. So those are my favorite festivals, and then s- some of my favorite venues. Mohegan Sun. I've already mentioned that earlier. is one of my favorite venues. It's uh, it's one of the first casinos that we we got into um, back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So we've been playing there about 10, 10, 10 11 years. Uh, every year, like clockwork, they have us back. They treat us like kings there. Um, it's a beautiful venue. Um, it's it's just one of the places that that stands out. Another place is um, uh, Ramshead Live, of course, our local venue here. You know, we put about two thousand people in there, and we play there twice a year. Um, Club XL in Harrisburg is is outstanding. Um, Starland Ballroom in in New Jersey in Sayreville is one that I particularly like because it's so historic. Uh, Led Zeppelin played there. Hendrix played there, uh, along with uh, with uh, Meriwether Post. So you know, Led Zeppelin played Meriwether Post, and and they're they're one of their first U.S. tours. And so, standing on the same stage as as those people, um, and then moving out west, there's uh, uh, several casinos that that we like quite a bit. And and um, there's a casino on uh, Choctaw Nation that that, that we play. We we love playing the Indian casinos because they they are so so nice and they make everything so easy and they're so kind to us. And um, there's one in El Paso we like uh, that we play quite a bit. Um, and then of course the moving further out west, the whiskey in in L.A. is always a favorite. And and la- last year I think we played it twice and we play- we played uh, we just played it in December. And then we played the Rainbow Parking Lot, which is basically the, you know, the whiskey and the rainbow are basically right next to each other. So, um, so going out to L.A., even though the traffic sucks and all that stuff, the fans are, we always pack that place. And, and uh, when we played the Rainbow Parking Lot, it was pandemonium out there. That was a, that was a crazy gig. So those are, those are the tops that, that, that come to mind, just, you know, favorite places to play. And, and it's, it, it's really the, the um uh you know the fans are 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 crazy everywhere you know we we are fortunate to have a um a a crazy hardcore cultish fan base that we really really love and they they always show up we know that that's going to happen um oh and there's a place in charlotte we like called amos south end they treat us real good there too but some places you know as, as an artist you get to and you know they have um uh they're they're just not set up for uh, you know professional um rock show and you get there and you make the best of it but it ends up not being on your favorite list of places to play you know the i remember one one festival we played in new jersey we get there and our dressing room was a uh um uh was a was a white tent it was a white tent with a single folding chair, and they had thrown a case of water on the floor on the grass. And that was our dressing yep. room. And it was like, 
All right. That was so down and dirty and then, that time. <laughs> yep. And they had they asked us back the next year, and we said, nope, no thanks. We will pass. And they even offered us more money, and we still pass. It's just, you know, you get treated like, the, you know, we're not, we're not asking to get uh, treated like, you know, like Led Zeppelin would get treated. We just want to be, you know, a couple of chairs, a decent table. Uh, we don't even really need a mirror. You know, we know what we look like. <laughs> but it's like just, just we just need some decent space with air conditioning and heat, and um, you know, and cold uh, some cold water, and and you know, some of the stuff, most of the stuff that's on our rider, and we're happy. We're not difficult, but you know, the the venues that can't even do that are the ones that we we you know we may go into one time and we skip because the 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 they're just not very good at, at taking care of the artists. Like I, and like I said, we're not prima donnas. We don't have brown M&Ms on our rider and all that sort of crap. <laughs> we're we're very bring easy. That up. And that's, yeah, and that's why, you know, that's why a lot of promoters, they, they'll tell our agent, they'll say, oh, God, we loved working with those guys. They were so easy to work with. You know, we're not, you know, and that's another thing, like I was saying earlier about being a kid and getting in a band. You, just don't be an asshole. You know, there's no reason for it. Be nice to everybody. And they'll be nice to you as well, and then everybody's happy. Then you go about your business, and they go about theirs, and everybody's happy. So it's it's uh, well, goes, you know it's a, it's a, when the venue takes care of us, we really appreciate it. Let me put it that way. That's the easiest way to put well, it. This goes back to what you and were, we're saying darn earlier. Glad to go back. And this is what you were saying earlier that as a musician, answering the other question about being a kid treating it like a business when you're mm-hmm. up and coming and everything, the venues have to do the same thing. If they don't treat you right or festivals right. don't treat you right, you're not going to come back. I mean, it's a two-way street. They want you to play. You want to play. Let's everybody get along and, and have a, a good time doing it. And that brings me to right. the next question is, okay. what can we do as fans to help you artists, performers, and venues during COVID-19 when things actually do start opening up? Or what can we do now? Like I know in my business, some of my clients have purchased gift certificates now for use later. So, I mean, do venues offer that? Do you, I'm not sure that they do, but, hey, I'm not part of all that business stuff on their end. But, I mean, what would you suggest that we could do, Mark? Well, I mean, the, the, you know, support the band, buy, you know, buy merch. You know, we put some new merch out there recently. You know, Marcy, you're a part of it. And, um, you know, that was a, that was a big help. We sold, you know, quite a few t-shirts and quite a few kicks, uh, um, cloth masks and, uh, that, you know, every little bit helps. But I think that, the what, what has been happening to us is, we, you know, we're now getting into the second round of, of, movement of dates so we had a bunch of dates that we moved at the very beginning and now for the first time we're moving dates again so it's it's not great but i you know the thing that you can do is hold on to your tickets but i'll tell you i'll tell you what's happening is that you know we're getting in like i said we're getting into the second round of of rescheduling dates we have i think we've only lost one date uh it was uh, that date in gettysburg that uh they don't it wasn't a venue, it was an event, and they're just going to have us at the event next year instead. So everything we have has been rescheduled. 
we're getting into the second round of rescheduling, which is is getting a little bit like, hmm, okay, you know, we may not have um, any dates in the summer if this if it keeps going like this. Um, the, the other thing is is that when when and this this could pose a problem for us as well is once what, what one of the things that we're hearing that certain states might be doing is opening up concert venues to 30% capacity and have people sit, you know, every other seat or every other row or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of venues are standing and, uh, uh, those might be the venues that open last. So, but then if you, if you're opening a venue at 30% capacity, you're forcing the, the, the state is forcing the venue to open it in it with under those guidelines, under those rules. And then at that point, does the promoter or the talent buyer have enough money from 30% capacity to actually pay kicks our minimum fee? And so at that point, do we renegotiate the contract for a lesser amount just to get the gig, or can they just simply not afford to pay um, a band like kicks our, uh, our agreed, uh, agreed upon fee in the original contract or, or our minimum fee to leave the house and um, then we just can't do the gig. So gigs might be canceled that way um, by attrition, I guess you could say, because if they're forced to open with less capacity, you know, capacity equals what bands you can have in your venue. You know, if you're only opening at 30%, you might not be able to afford kicks anymore. And so we're, you know, there's a possibility we may start to lose gigs that way. So hopefully... And does that Hopefully it won't happen like that, future, but the most important thing is that everybody's safe. Yeah. Exactly. Here's for the future, though. Are venues going to start charging more because of only being open for 30% capacity? They could. Are I don't know. Are people going to be willing I, to pay you know, it's that? Hard, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, there's no, there's no way to tell. There's no crystal ball. In it. And, you know, I hear, I'm hearing different ideas being thrown out there you know, through through our agent and through, you know, talking to other people in other cities that are in bands, friends of mine, you know, what, what is going to be happening with their band and what are their gigs looking like and stuff like that. So so we're 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 getting uh you know, multiple scenarios and they're n- not not all of them are doomsday scenarios. They're actually none of them are, but they're just uh um not ideal. And so can kicks actually work under not ideal conditions? Yeah, probably. But, um, you know, we, we have to just have to make sacrifices and make it work where we can. And where it doesn't work, we just have to, you know, move on and, 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 uh, and just, just take it and uh, move on and, and wait for the next gig, you know? So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be, uh, uh, there's there's no um, clear cut path at the moment. There's just multiple scenarios that might happen. And all we can do is ask the fans to hang on while we take this wild ride. Yeah, yeah, hang on to the tickets. That's for sure. Us, so. I say us ask the fans for the you know go on this wild ride with us. They're going on the wild ride with you guys as performers. From my point of view with working with you guys, you know, I also deal with people asking about merch. 
you know, like, hey, when's something right. new going to come out? Um, and that's one of the questions that we got is, are you guys working on any new material during this time? Well, you know, we're not using it specifically for working on new material. I mean, we, we're having, uh, um, you know, I'm a songwriter, so I write songs all the time. And, you know, not I don't just sit down and write kick songs. I just write songs, and sometimes they end up being kick songs. So I have been, uh, I actually haven't been writing that much during this time. I've been taking some time to um, to uh, work on a couple of the, uh, well, a bunch of the Rush songs that I wasn't, that I was sort of chumping some parts in. And uh, so learning some of the bass parts more correctly, um, some of the vocal parts that, that I wasn't doing exactly the way that, that he does, and I've tr- been trying to work on those. Um, I've been, uh, I put out a, a, a live Sundogs video recently, and I'm working on putting out another one right now. I'm in the middle of it. So I've been working in Pro Tools, and, and, and uh, I've also been spending a tremendous amount of time. I have a very large guitar collection, and a lot of the guitars that needed work, I was finally able to get to them and, and you know, do, uh, I had some, I had one guitar I had to replace a neck on. I had, some guitars needed to be put back to original pickups and, you know, some, some broken parts on some guitars and some bad pickups here and there. I just had a bunch of guitars that needed work. And so I was able to, to go through and finish. I've got a couple more left to do, but so I've been spending a lot of time being a guitar repairman. And um, uh, and and then of course, like I said, working on on live videos for Sundogs. So, uh, but not well, here's a you know, Kicks is a is you know we have to decide that we're gonna when we're gonna put out a new record, and you know we have to make sure that Taylor Rhodes is involved, and we're we're really just not there yet. You know, it's like it's like we're it, there's no hurry. So, I'm sure that you know Steve's been writing songs and. You know, Brian's got some ideas. We, we've got stuff there, but it's just not the right time yet. All good that being said, on. one of the things that we we have talked about is, I know you'll ask if there's any other projects about, I saw somebody asked about, um, since we did Fuse 30, um, are we going to do any of the other albums? And Hotwire has an anniversary coming up in, a, I think it's another year and a half, and we already have something planned for that. But in the meantime, uh, since we had such success with Fuse 30, you know, Bo Hill's been asking me, when can we do, he really wants to do Midnight Dynamite, because that was his baby, and that was his record. And, t- and to this day, you know, Bo Hill did tons and tons of records in the 80s that were tremendously successful. He's a tremendously successful producer, and is mostly... He's one of the guys that's responsible for that 80s sound. You know, may, he may be the lead guy. And, um, and he, we were talking to him last time we were in Houston. He came out and saw us. And I was actually down at his house in Austin in January for a couple of days and went down to visit him. And, and he just, he really wants to do Midnight Dynamite again. And he, he thinks he can beat it. And it's like, wow, okay. You know, my, my, that's probably my favorite Kicks album because it sounds so good and I love Bo's work. And if Bo says he can beat it, who? Okay, let's. You know, we might have to do that. So that might be the next thing that we're looking at is a is a Bo Hill remix of Midnight Dynamite. That would be awesome. Very sweet. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, and only mostly because <laughs> Bo keeps bugging me about it. <laughs> well, well no, we're going to make great. Mark? You know. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, hey, I question, well, you know, Mark. it costs a lot of money to get those, you know, you have to, to you know, getting those uh, master tapes transferred over to digital costs a, a, a little bit of money. So we're we're trying not to spend money right now when we're not making any money. So we'll see what happens when we get back playing. And then that might be the first project that I jump back on. That means everybody needs to buy a lot of merch. <laughs> right now. Merch is always helpful. Yeah, right merch, is a, merch is always helpful. Well, I think we have time for one more question, Mark, and it'll take you a little bit to explain it. Sure. So I better ask it quick. Okay, the question came from Patty Jividen. I think that's how you pronounce your mm-hmm. last name, Patty. If I screwed it up, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But um, her question, I'm going to start with me first because uh, I'm going to lead into it. Mark, you met my very first greyhound, Abby, and that's when you were yeah, with sure. Funny Money way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the skittish little thing that she was, and she warmed up to you, and she knew you were a dog person. So this is what mm-hmm. Patty asked, and I want to know the answer to this, too. You currently have two golden retrievers, Deco and Rex, who have their own online mm-hmm. presence. Have you ever had or have you considered having a greyhound for a pet? Um, you know, I, th- I've had golden retrievers. These are my fourth and fifth goldens for most of my life. And I've, al- I've had a, a tremendous love affair with golden retrievers for a very, very long time. And, and I, I did have a, uh, a rescue dog that was a Weimaraner. You remember Spunky, of course, Marcy. And um, oh, yeah. she was an abu- She was used as a bait dog in Richmond, which is very, very sad. And um, so she she had scars all up her chest, and she was afraid of everything and afraid of men and all kinds of bad, bad stuff. But she lived to be almost sixteen. So, and then the golden retriever I had before that, Rocky, he lived to be. He died when he was 13. So um, I, I have not really ever considered another breed because I just love Golden so much. They're, they have always been, um, you know, it's like, it's okay. like are you uh, no, a Les Paul uh, guy uh, or a Strat yeah. guy? You know what I mean? Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're run, we've run out of time. Mark, I want to thank you for joining us today. Some really great information. Marcy, thank you for uh, jumping into that co-host seat. I think we may have to do this again someday because I've learned a lot. Everyone, sure, be nice to each other. Hug the ones you love. Be safe. Be healthy. And remember, hug the hounds of the world. Howl! Thank you for listening this week to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Please join your hosts, Rory Goray, TJ Beater, and Kathy Goray for another edition of our program next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.